Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Lisa Coates, Operations Manager for the Bristol Health Counseling Center. She is a licensed clinical social worker. Good morning to you, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, these are certainly trying times. What are some of the most common issues your experts have been assisting people with during the pandemic? These definitely are trying times. I would absolutely agree with you. I think the most sought out support that we've been finding in our world is people just don't know how to adjust to the constantly changing dynamics. So every day we're kind of being told that something is different. We can't use normal coping skills. We can't go to our favorite parks. We can't go to our favorite restaurant. We can't even go to church. Um, So every day adjusting to the different kind of criteria set forth for people has been really challenging. What sort of advice do you have for for people to, to get through this? My best advice for people is to be easy on yourself. And this is a really hard time for everyone. Um, And people who are struggling, you're not alone. And just because you're struggling, it doesn't mean that you're failing. It just means that this is a really hard time. It's temporary. It will end. And we might not ever be the same again, um, but we will definitely get through it. Has this changed how you do your job and help people? Have you launched virtual sessions? Yes, we have actually, which is um, really an exciting time. I think To me, in my world, that's been the nicest thing to see is how much our administration has helped relax some of our rules and regulations so we can offer support to people right away. Um, And so because of all of those, you know, the governor has helped do, we um, have been able to offer virtual sessions to our patients, um, which historically have not been covered here in Connecticut. Um, And so because of that, we have been doing telehealth here. And then at the counseling center, and then we hope to get actual virtual IOPs up and running by Monday. So 
this is a really crucial time for people who don't know how to cope. And so being able to engage in an intensive outpatient program three days a week, three hours a day is really um, crucial right now. What are some of the most common issues people have? I'm thinking about, you know, perhaps a person who's faced a a sudden layoff, financial challenges, just social isolation, stuck at home. Yeah, all of those, um, for sure. And then you perhaps are trying to cope with challenging family dynamics. And now you're faced with your family all day, every day. Um, And you might love them, but it might be a challenging time to be able to face all of that all the time. Also the children being home all day and having to be a teacher to your parent, your kids as well is really challenging. So parents are maybe working from home and trying to teach their kids information that they haven't learned or, you know, brushed up on in many, many years. So that's all very challenging. There's a lot of demands being placed on people from home. I think also, even without children, there's a lot of food insecurity. Um, A lot of people who traditionally go to the doctor or even go to the emergency room for help and support, they don't feel like they have those resources right now. Um, So that's been extremely challenging. And really just the isolation. The isolation alone um, has been really taxing on people's depression. And, um, you know, so people get to desperate, they feel like they need to desperately take control somehow. And that is the issue. So how do you manage those? How do you take control back when you don't have your normal way of coping? And what is the the best way to get some level of control and try to get through this? In my opinion, I think the best way to get control is to, to develop a routine for yourself. And so while it sounds silly, even if it's waking up, having a cup of coffee, Um, adjusting your schedule so that way you can have some alone time and ground yourself and then learn new ways of connecting with people. So maybe you weren't comfortable with the technology on the internet or with your computer, but try it out, get used to it um, and then get yourself into a routine um, and really try to maybe eat a little bit healthier. I know it's nice to uh, eat food that helps us feel better, but usually that's not healthy food. <laughs> so that can play into our mental health as well. Um, and then just trying to talk about things other than this crisis. You know, I think that that's the issue too, is that there's not a lot of things to talk about now outside of this public health crisis. So on one side of the coin, it's important to remain connected with your friends and family, you know, virtually on on the phone. But on the other side, it's also important to to maybe disconnect to an extent and and stop following what's going on in the world when it comes to the pandemic blow by blow. You're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, I talked to my my grandmother, she's 91 years old. I talk to her almost every day and she's isolated and watching the news all day. Um, and while the news is a really important avenue, it also depends on where you're getting your information from and, and being able to kind of know that there's a world outside of just the news stories. Um, and so that has been challenging to help, you know, bring back to focus the fact that we will get through this, you know, that we will, um, we will be able to, we don't have to sensationalize it and finding the things that keep us going every day 
she got back into knitting actually. And so that's been really awesome to see her find something else to not watch TV and not isolate her information into one place, kind of getting back to in the moment things that make her feel better. What are some other common tune-out techniques and activities? I'm thinking things like music and and exercise and and things like that. Yep, music, exercise, cooking, uh, baking, coloring. I don't know the last time that someone colored, but when I color with my children, it really helps just help the world melt away outside of that moment. And so even something that simple can help give us a mental break. Is there something Um, to that? It seems that we are kind of reverting back to a lot of childhood activities. You mentioned coloring, uh, comfort foods are often associated with, with childhood. Is there something there kind of longing for that simpler time? I absolutely think that that's the silver lining in all of this, that we have had to slow down so much that we're beginning to see the benefit of doing that. I know that I've seen people all day who are really grateful for being able to spend more time with their family members that perhaps they were too busy to do in the past. Um, And so we're really an overscheduled culture and we do a lot all the time. And so being able to, once you kind of get out of the, oh no, like we're in a crisis, once you kind of settle down and focus on the moment and the activity that you're doing in the moment, you get to start to enjoy the simple things again. Um, And that's really been beneficial. I think too, the silver lining in some of this is that we're really focusing on helping each other again. And being a part of the hospital, we're able to see people go over and above every single day to donate food, to donate supplies, to donate money, to donate their time um, to help one another. And that's something that I think we've been missing too, is just that simple, generous connection with one another and how far that can go. As someone whose job it is to listen to other people's problems on a regular basis, how do you as a a behavioral health specialist kind of tune out and separate yourself from your job? I'm guessing that's important. It's very important and um, something that's very difficult for sure, especially during this time. So it's funny because as we're talking, um, people have asked me regularly about um, our patients and our clients and how they must be struggling the most. And my response is really, our patients are really feel that other people don't have it as easy as they do because they've gotten used to asking for help and they've gotten used to using their coping skills to manage and tolerate the unpredictable nature of our world. And people who aren't in therapy or aren't getting treatment in general are used to their kind of routines that they've developed for themselves and don't know how to cope with or don't know how to ask for help. Um, And so for me personally, being able to see how much they're almost thriving in some of these situations has been really rewarding to see their progress. Certainly, given what's going on in the world, anyone can find themselves maybe falling into depression. But is that especially the case for for healthcare workers and and first responders and others who are putting their lives on the line in the, the outbreak? Absolutely. There's a real need, especially I see it here at our hospital and across the state and the country, that healthcare workers are being put into the most challenging time that they've ever been in. And it's really overwhelming to manage 
both the excitement over it because it's it's what we do. It's what we've gotten into and we want to help people. We want to be there for each other. But then also the real sadness that we're in the situation in the first place and really not knowing exactly how to manage it. I think we're really fortunate to have amazing leadership here at the hospital and in our state that have helped guide us through every day working tirelessly towards helping to make the best decisions for us. Um, so I feel really fortunate for that. But um, it's really normal to be conflicted and kind of grieving the loss of our normal way of life and hoping that it comes back soon. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Lisa Coates, operations manager for the Bristol Health Counseling Center, also a licensed clinical social worker. She is also involved in COBRA. That stands for City of Bristol Recovery Alliance. Tell us about that. And has business been busier than usual there, considering what's happening in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So COBRA is a wonderful program that I've had the opportunity to work on with um, our mayor here in Bristol, Ellen Zapposasu, and Chief Gould, and our emergency department, and local agencies like Wheeler Clinic, community mental health affiliates. Um, And so we've worked together in that program for about the last 10 months to develop a system where if someone was at risk of getting arrested, they could choose treatment, come to our emergency department, um, be evaluated and connected with services. That's been a really great program to even just help reduce the stigma around substance misuse and help reduce the barriers to connecting to treatment. Um, So given this current crisis, I think it's most important that we remind people that we that they're not alone and that these resources have not gone away. So the the casualty of all of this, I think, is that the emergency department is a place where people go who aren't well. And we don't want everyone coming to the emergency room right now um, because of risk of continued spread of this disease. Um, So how do people access treatment? How do people come to the safe zone if they can't, if they don't feel comfortable actually going there in person. Um, And so I ask that people still call. They can call the emergency department and get guidance. They can call the police department and get guidance. They can call me even directly and I will help guide them. I did that this morning actually with a patient who didn't know what some of his options were. Um, And so if they come to the emergency department and ask for the COBRA program, They can come in, be assessed by a a medical professional, and then um, a crisis clinician will help evaluate them and set them up with treatment, whatever treatment that might be for them. What advice do you have for people who may have a history of substance misuse in times like this when there's a stressful situation that that might cause them to, to go back in that direction and and seek out that substance they've had troubles with in the past? Um, My advice to them is to don't give up. Don't give up on your sobriety. Don't give up on the way that you've been coping. Um, This is only temporary. And I completely understand the need to kind of do anything to take away maybe the, the desperation or the need to take control of these current unprecedented times by reverting back to old coping skills. Um, But you don't have to. And there is absolutely help still there and available. You just need to make a phone call. Um, So it's not worth it. I understand that 
it can happen and is happening. And the risk for increased substance misuse and suicide is huge right now. But people, you're not alone. Like we are not alone and you just need to make a phone call. What are some of the best resources out there? 211 remains a resource and can help guide you. So you can go um, online to 211. You could make a phone call. Um, there's a lot of online resources right now for people. There's AA and NA meetings are being held online. You can also call your local facilities. So I know here in Bristol, you could call the emergency department. You can call the counseling center um, and we will guide you and help you make the best plan for treatment. You don't have to be a patient um, in order to be able to get help. When we saw the the governor start issuing executive orders related to the pandemic, package stores were deemed an essential business. And for some, that might be a head-scratcher. But for for people who who battle alcohol misuse, they might need that, correct? Absolutely. And um, I think it's really was a great decision because alcohol withdrawing from alcohol, this, the complications secondary to that is one of the only ones that can actually kill you. Um, so if people are withdrawing from alcohol, they really need a detox and for that to be medically supervised. Um, and so if we close down all access to liquor and beer, uh, we would have a, a significant increase in volumes in our emergency departments. And that would be very counterproductive to this crisis. That is exactly where you do not want to be these days. Correct. And it would, um, you know, really, we're trying to give our medical providers space to take care of all the COVID-19 patients. So um, it would be really difficult. And not that one is more important than the other, but that's why we're social distancing. And, and that's the point of this right now. So, Is it helpful for people who are having a, a tough time getting through this pandemic to think about what comes beyond after restrictions have been lifted and life begins to get back to normal, kind of visualizing. Absolutely. I, I think that that's the best thing that we can do for ourselves. Um, in my personal and professional opinion is to remember that this is only temporary, that this will end. And, you know, when you start thinking about you don't know what to do. I think remembering some of the good things that are happening from this and how you're going to continue to implement them when we all get back up and running. Um, how will you remind yourself that the good times were coloring um, in a coloring book or just simply taking a walk on a nice sunny afternoon because it's nice out and you know doing all of those things. As a mental health professional, what are some of the most innovative ways you've heard of to to cope, kind of thinking outside the box here? I'm guessing maybe technology might play into that, and, and people have really gotten creative in, in kind of keeping spirits up. I, I really love that. Um, so this is the part that excites me, is seeing how our community has come together um, to support one another, and that um, social media, I really think, has been amazing in and kind of laughing together about some of this crisis um, and people are able to really um, connect amongst things that aren't COVID-19 related and, and able to, to make fun of themselves and each other and, and just laugh about things, which is so important because if we can laugh, everything's better. Um, I was what my son's kindergarten teacher was joking the other day that 
had this been when we were children, we would have run out of puffy paint and our parents would have told us to go, you know, find some way to entertain ourselves. And now here, 30 years later, we have all these social media platforms that really give us the opportunity to remain connected to our doctors, to our peers, to our friends, um, to our family who are really isolated and, you know, mail still exists, but being able to see someone and, and hear them and see their facial expressions can really get you through the day. So it, to me, it's been social media and all these different platforms that we've been able to utilize to connect with each other. Can social media be kind of a double-edged sword in situations like this? Uh, certainly video chat is, is great to remain connected, but also the stream of just information, sometimes misinformation never stops. And, and so it goes back to everything in moderation. You know, I think we have to really balance it all and, and do it until you feel like it's been enough and then go back to maybe um, coloring or cooking or just having a cup of coffee um, or enjoying your dinner and, and sitting through and enjoying every bite instead of inhaling it because you're moving on to the next thing. So um, by far, you're absolutely right that doing too much social media can be very detrimental, but everything in moderation. What advice do you have for, for someone who, who may be working from home and also trying to help educate their children who are also home? <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> You're not alone. Um, I laugh because um, personally, that's where we're at as well at times. And um, so people are being put into roles that they're very uncomfortable with and unfamiliar with. Um, and so really just being easy on yourself and trying to enjoy some of this time with the children instead of trying to force all of these um, activities into the child's day. You know, I think our children will remember this more as an opportunity to play games with their parents or to connect in ways and do different things that they never thought they would do with their family and not about the fact that they weren't able to complete their math assignment um, within 10 minutes that they were asked to. You know, I think giving ourselves some permission to not be a perfect teacher, you know, we love our teachers and appreciate them so much for all that they do and we'll never be able to be them. <laughs> Are the challenges we're facing more difficult for people with certain personality types? I, I think about maybe the, the perfectionist who, who gets upset if, if things don't go exactly according to plan because few things are these days. I completely agree. I think that um, the people who and, and human nature is to get control back or be able to tolerate the unpredictability of life through routine and through building these kind of false securities in our day, you know, like a paycheck, a job, a meeting that we have to go to every week um, to build this routine that makes us feel safe because we, we can trust what's coming next. Um, and some people rely heavily on that routine and some people don't really like the routine at all. And are kind of doing much better in this than the people who really over schedule themselves and over routine to make themselves feel better. Do we tend to try to control anything we can when the things that we, we used to be in control of, uh, we aren't anymore? Absolutely. And, and to me, that's why our risk for, for substance misuse and suicide go dramatically up because when we have no control whatsoever, the internal chaos that we feel 
is is too much and it becomes so overwhelming and then we start acting in ways that maybe we're not proud of um and then how do we recover from that and some people are able to kind of just have a heart to heart get it out and move on um and some people have a much harder time with that and they tend to just feel bad about themselves and want to do anything to eliminate those feelings so thinking that the world might be better off without them is a huge risk and therefore thinking about um, ways of ending their life and or numbing out completely through substance misuse. That's when it's really important to give a call, to call someone, a friend, your pastor, your, um, you know, to go on 211 or call 211 to um, look for resources because this is only temporary and you're looking at, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So being able to know that and trust that through the help of friends or family or professionals it is really important and will, will help save your life. She is Lisa Coates, operations manager for the Bristol Health Counseling Center and a licensed clinical social worker. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.